I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How you doing? All right. Hey, welcome to Going Off Track's second live podcast recording. Yes. Thank you very much. I might be holding this mic the entire night. Um, To my immediate left, Mr. Jonah Bear. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen. Standing in front of me, crotch akimbo, Brad Worrell. Yeah. Oh, that's how you do it? You extend it and then tighten? That's what she said. Yeah. To her guy friend, who's a, also a whore. Um, uh, Michael Kanjemi, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Back from a stint in the Far East, we like to call Nickelodeon. Oh, my God. I it's, know. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> um, first and foremost, just to begin things on a very important yet somber note. Um, today, Arturo Vega passed away. And I don't know if... You guys heard, but he was on the podcast. Um, He was a friend to a great many people. And if you are wearing a concert T-shirt, that is his legacy. He started the first. And we were really destroyed by it when we heard the news today. Um, Oddly enough, uh, my wife and I saw it driving here while a Ramon song was playing in the car. So things happen like that. Um, and then we're, I was trying to figure out, like, oh, what are we going to do? I mean, how are we going to, you know, honor him in any way with, you know, our little podcast? And she just looked at me and went, um, his entire life was about performing and art. And he came on your show and he loved these kind of things. So the best thing you could do is just do it. So that's what we're going to do. So uh, this and everything is for Arturo Vega. So thank you, guys. He just, he just proved that he was a real Ramon. Yeah, he did. <laughs> And if you've seen End of the Century, like, it's one of those stories where you grow up as a Ramones fan, and then you learn about the dynamics, and you're like, oh, my God, it's like, it's like your parents in the 70s just arguing constantly and not getting along, and you're like, you don't have to stay together. It's fine. Like, you can split up. Oh, you're going to do a rap record? Maybe you should stay together. Maybe, maybe you should definitely do that. Um, so I, I was talking earlier about organization, and uh, on the way here, uh, again, I took a long time. I live in Jersey. Uh, my wife and I stopped to eat, and Jonah calls, and we have this conversation that goes pretty much like, oh, hey. He's like, hey. I'm like, well, where are you? Oh, we're at the sushi place. Oh, okay, I'm by the L. Can I, can you give me a ride? Can I, okay, all right, okay, bye. And that was it. And, and my wife looks at me and goes, how the, you, there were no details. 
how is he going to find you? And that therein summed up our entire working relationship and the entirety of the podcast. (laughs) Because Jonah showed up right where the car was. Somehow it works out. And it always does. Somehow we all get together and it like works. You know what I mean? Like we set a time and then we all show up. Yeah, and sans phones usually. No, it just happens. Sans means without. But I showed up and I had, I had like, I had like hummus smeared on my arm because I'd eaten all this food with my hands because they didn't give me a fork. And you didn't think, hey, can I have a fork? <laughs> no, I just like wanted to eat it then. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's cool. When we did uh, when when uh, Mike and Joan and I were at Fuse and we did uh, the Untitled Rock Show there for those of you who may have seen it, um, we would. Thank you. That was exactly the right number of people who saw it. <laughs> That's why it no longer exists. That, that, was li- that was literally a Nielsen rating right there. That was a .06, which was the highest we got. Oh, thank you very much. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, we would show up for work, and Mike, who was the producer, would go, wait, how many shows are we doing? And we'd be like, oh, fuck, uh, like four? And then Jonah would come in and go, wait, how many am I writing? Like, I think four. Like, ah, oh, shit, When? Like what, what time's the studio? Oh, 11? What time is it now? It's 10.30? Oh, fuck. Shit, we have some work to do. Yeah, it was a lot. We, we, you know, we, we did it. But we, we did it, it and here's the best part. We did it, and we always got finished early. Yep. Every single day. You want to know why? Because we're awesome. Because we nailed that shit. <laughs> nailed it every single time, which is hard to figure with the organization of the podcast, which is uh, mostly thanks to Brad, uh, who is, we were called the best-sounding podcast on the internet by one guy, That's but still, true. it's the truth. <laughs> by one guy, he was blog. very. He, he was. He was. He said it is the the best sounding podcast. It's yeah. your Grecian monk voices. <laughs> Grecian monk voices. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Is that a slight? That I don't know. Um, real quick, before we came in here, a very good friend of mine who's going to be on the podcast walks up to me and says, um, "Here, uh, in case you have nothing to talk about, here are twenty questions with Harvey Firestein." I like how he assumes we're so unprepared, which we are. And as you Mike's can see, trash in the bar. I just knocked over like forty things. Over. Did you knock over the beers? Sina. And also, um, fifty powerful New York dads. <laughs> Oddly enough, what number we, are you? Uh, <laughs> he doesn't live in New York. Anymore. I live in Jersey, but oddly enough, I'm 26. That's probably why you're not in there. Which is very, very. Odd. But that seems very intrusive. Like, what do they do, interview the kids? Like, how the hell do you know if they're... Like, what does powerful mean? Are they like, powerful people who happen to be dads or powerful dads? Or just strong. Like, they ground like, them all the yeah. time. No, like, really strong dads. Oh. <laughs> like, they throw kegs. I was thinking, like, disciplinarians. Like Volkswagens. I don't know. Like, we've, we've got Hugh they're Jackman, who I'm pretty sure is Australian. Daniel Craig, New York. Both, both guys, by the way, powerful, meaning in the way that I said it. Like, they're strong dudes. Yeah, but George Stephanopoulos, I'm just not buying that one. I don't know. That makes no sense at all. And he's right there next to Michael Strahan, which I do. Strong dude. Jerry Seinfeld, not that strong. I don't Maybe he has that, like... You don't know that. Yeah, maybe he's got that crazy, like, fuck, like that nutty strength. Maybe he can pick up like, all of his Porsches. Yes. He has a large collection of Porsches. So, see, he's, so, he's a fan of Superman, isn't he? Superman. Oh, no, no, no. 
Maybe he's from somewhere else where his okay, so biological I, makeup is enhanced by Earth's yellow sun. Here's the thing. Like super, One, probably not. But I do like the fact that Superman is Jewish. I do back that. I think that's cool. I think so. Um, it make, makes a lot of things make sense. Yeah. Um, he worked at the... He was a journalist. I, I don't want to get married. I don't know. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I could be really racist <laughs> if you think about it for a second. <laughs> um, he's an alien. Okay, so it, Superman, I was watching a Superman cartoon yesterday. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Superman Doomsday, I hadn't seen it. I know all of you have. And it's all good. shocked that I haven't talked about it. Why doesn't he use his heat vision all the time? <laughs> like, he doesn't have to throw a punch. He doesn't have to do it. Like, I would only <laughs> use heat vision. That's all you if need. If I had it, it would just happen right now. It would just melt everything. I would just be melting everything, yeah. It makes no sense. Can I just say that I'm a Marvel man, so I'm outside of the stupid, stupid argument. Well, then, okay, <laughs> all right. All right, Marvel equivalent of Superman, go. Oh, that's right, there isn't one. Yeah, because Superman... <laughs> Because it's stupid, man. Why is he stupid? <laughs> Brad. <laughs> really? <laughs> After all this time, now this sh- shit comes out? Not in front of people? Marvel. That's awful. Who? Who in Marvel? Who's your guy? Spider-Man. Captain America. Oh, Spider-Man. So a giant neuroses who swung from walls. <laughs> I mean, I'm down That's with what him, he too. Is. Don't Spider- get me wrong. Radioactive spider. It's Spider- completely believable. Spider-Man was written as a vehicle for Anne Randian philosophy, and that's a fact. By Steve Dick. Yes, look this it up. This is getting too intellectual. Yeah, no comment to that. See? What's not believable about Superman? No, like, this that he is flies great. in space I... <laughs> with nothing on his head or his body. Yeah. That's, why is that not believable? Where there's not that much sun? Where there's no it's air. Any, it's a vacuum. But, yeah. See, I'm, I'm cool do, with it still. I back it. And then, and you know, I'm a big Batman guy. But Batman, would he be Batman if he wasn't, oh, I don't know, completely rich? I mean, Batman is the 1%. See, I was, Daredevil was my guy. He's kind of the Batman for Marvel. Yeah. Like, blind kind radar of a, sense. No real power, except he can kind of kick ass in the dark. He had a real power. He had his radar sense that he Dude, got he when the like, radioactive like thing blinded yeah. his eyes. He hears shit. This is happening now. I'm really sorry <laughs> to everybody. That <laughs> sorry, guys. It immediately. We weren't supposed to. They were like, this is not on the schedule. Yeah, we're not supposed to do this. This is this is why we sometimes edit the podcast. Michael Bloomberg. This happens. He's underneath Orlando Bloom. The final list my good friend gave me is um apparently an ad for hotels. All right, that's funny. So I think it's the time to bring out our very first guest. We had him on the podcast a little while ago, and if you have ever seen. An Italian angry. Uh, you would have seen one that day when Michael Cangemi realized he could not have been there to talk to this gentleman. Please put your hands together for the wonderfully talented, the wonderfully funny Chris Gethard. Um, you got caught in a gay pride parade on the I way did. here? I did. I was very late on the way here. First of all, I should preface this by saying I've had diarrhea all day. <laughs> and then went to drive here and was in a panic that I was going to shit my pants. <laughs> and then when I was on uh, 4th Avenue coming off of Flatbush, every left turn was blocked by the police. So I had to get out of my car and run uphill with diarrhea. And then when I got to the hill and saw why all the cars were blocked... It was because, yet again, I've been thwarted by a gay pride parade. <laughs> this has happened a lot, or at least more than once? I can't tell you the number of times gay pride parades have made me late for things. <sighs> and diarrhea, probably. Was it normal <laughs> diarrhea? Was it, like, hor- was it horrifying? Oh, it was, I mean, it was like... Uh, Were you like, I don't even know how much I ate. Like, what? That's, there's no food left in me. It's been one of those days. Out. It's been one of those days, yeah. What do you but attribute? Thank you guys for having me. No, no, we're glad for having you. 
No, um, back to diarrhea. No. Yeah. <laughs> also, DC Comics are bullshit, man. DC what? Comics are bullshit, and Marvel's where <laughs> no. it's at. All right. Yeah, yeah. As someone who grew up reading both, I'm also a dog and cat person. Oh, are you a Yankee and a Met fan? Yeah. No, What's I don't know, man. Are you a Republican and a, and a Democrat? Yeah. I am a registered independent, thank you very much. I am right. purple. <laughs> um, no, DC has its merits in certain respects, starting the whole thing, I think. And then Marvel, you know, just said, hey, let's add emotional instability to all our characters. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, I really identify with it. <laughs> you wrote about that recently, and I really enjoyed it. You wrote, was it for Vice? Was it the um, uh, sticking up for meds column? Oh, yeah, I that did do that. great. Oh, thank you. I really thank back you. that. Yeah, I love it. I love antidepressants. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> yeah, what do you, what do you, like, uh, who are your guys? Well, Butrin and Lamictal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. You, you look know? happy. Thank you. I feel great. I feel great. Yeah. You, ever, you, ever, you ever rock the Lexapro or the Clonopin? Or? No, I used to do the Depakote, but okay. it caused memory loss. And, um, <laughs> You'd forget and, to take it. No, I would be. Uh, it was a strange thing because when I got on Depakote, all of a sudden I was like um, confident for the first time because I wasn't racked by uh, mental horrors. <laughs> so I started asking girls out without intense shame. And fear, but then I'd go on dates, and in the middle, I'd have short term memory loss and not know what anyone was talking about. That happened once where I was in the middle of a date, and a girl we were in we were at a restaurant, and a, this girl was talking, and in the, I just went, "Wait, what?" And she went, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "What to what part?" And I was like, "To all of it. What to all? Of, what are we speaking about? How did I get here?" Where are we? <laughs> Honestly, so that was Depakote, and she okay. and she and she, she was she was smitten and in. She's like, oh, this guy's mysterious and far-reaching. Uh, she didn't express any of those. Okay, things. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to color the ending for you. Yeah. But yeah, that was years ago. They're a lot better now. What the pills <laughs> or the girls? Hey, both, man. Right on, right on. Now, I mean, I hope these were all prescribed. <laughs> they and, are. Okay, good. They are. Good, good. That's Although important. I did get put on Adderall. And I was psyched about it because it's like... Well, I feel like kids do Adderall yeah, for fun. And I, I don't know what... I feel like I should do it, but I'm uh, terrified of it. I but, was like, I yeah. got prescribed something that people use recreationally. That's pretty fun. And then it made me shit blood. <laughs> it's amazing how it all comes that's back. That's the side effect, yeah. That's the, that's the side effect we all hope for. I got so much done, though. <laughs> I got so much if done. I wasn't shitting so much blood, I would love I did. this. I did it. I shit the blood really efficiently. <laughs> I put it on the to-do list and knocked it right off. <laughs> I wrote an opera on toilet paper. It was amazing. Went all the way through. So when we had you on the podcast, um, yeah. uh, the anger that Mike felt because uh, he's like he is New Jersey. Uh, yeah, and I'm a huge awesome. New Jersey fan. So oh, awesome! I mean, it's my, the best magazine that's ever. Where are happened. you from? I live in Montclair right now. I'm from Edison. But, oh, you know, I grew up in West Orange. West Orange. I lived in Montclair. Yeah. See, yeah, uh, already and I went to Rutgers, right near Edison. Yeah. Yes. See, this is I mean Look at again. that. We're best I saw, well, I recently saw, I just wanted to bring this up before we, the, you did a little spiel about New Jersey and how people see it. Um, you, you did a little Kate Upton thing, and I kind of want you to oh, do it. Oh, yeah. So you compared basically... The Newark Airport to Kate Upton's yeah. asshole. Because yeah. <laughs> people judge New Jersey, but many people only fly into the Newark Airport yeah. and then go to the city, and they're like, what the fuck is going on? And I get that, because it's a terrible stretch of life and, and uh, the world. But if that's all you see, of course you're going to hate it. Akin to It's a Beautiful Place, New Jersey, which is Leave like him Kate alone. Upton. 
<laughs> and the airport is the worst part of it, a.k.a. staring directly into her butthole and judging her beauty based on it. Yeah, but some people might be into that, so it's hard some to judge. Some people might be, and some yeah. people are really into the North Airport, I bet. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> it's so, true. so lovely. You can get steak. I always felt that once... Once moving to Jersey, there seem to be barriers of, like, people say, oh, it smells. I'm like, you get past that. And then it's like, oh, there's all these factors. You get past that. I get in so many Jersey fights with people about, like, you know, just literally, like, oh, yeah, I had an editor. Remember Erin at Fuse? Uh, I don't know if she came here tonight, but she... Uh, Hi, Welcome. <laughs> she used to go... Like, you know, shit on her on stage. I would go, yeah, I would go to, like, I'd, we were sitting in an edit room for a, a long time, and, and we would just talk, and what are you doing this weekend? I said, I'm going to the Jersey Shore. And she's like, have fun in Jersey. <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean? Like, have you ever been there? And she's like, yeah, no, Jersey's shitty. I'm never going there. I live in Brooklyn. Fuck Jersey. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. And we were getting fights in the edit room all day. Like, we'd just go, we'd get zero work done and just fight about, and I'm like, look, I'd go through my phone. You want to see a fucking picture of a beach? Look at this shit. See that shit? Yeah, how fucking beautiful is that? Look at this park by my house. Fuck you. And then shoot, you know, how long does it take you to get into the city? And we would get into these fights, but I'm sure you've had similar, you know. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, constant. Yeah, because I do think it's, a, it is. It's people just judge it, but it's a very nice place full of lovely people. And also horrible people. Ter- yeah, there's also <laughs> terrible people. Yeah, yeah but there's As terrible people in New York, everywhere. too. Everywhere oh has terrible people, yeah. but I mean, Jersey is like the most populated state in the Union. Yeah, dense. It's like 1,500 people per square mile. Write that down. Yeah. And it's also the Garden State for some bizarre reason. Yeah. If the million acres that are the Pine Barrens, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. untouched. There's territory. a wolf preserve. Suck it everywhere else. Yeah, see? Yeah. You I'm, got space farms. Fucking space you farms. You the space farms? I made my wife go there. She's back there somewhere. Space farms uh, is yeah. the saddest zoo. Crying the, with my wife. It's the crazy, it's the, well... <laughs> You drive forever. All right. It's not only do you go to like, it's Beamerville, New Jersey, where Beamerville. nobody, nobody B- even B- knows e- where that is. Yeah. M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. And, uh, I made my wife go there. She's like, why am I going here? I'm like, because they were scouting a location. That's my thing with everything. And it's like, oh, we're just going to be for a future. By the way, a future horror movie would be amazing. I got attacked by an ostrich at Space and they used to have the world's biggest bear, That's like the dead, biggest yeah. bear in captivity, yeah. and now they have the biggest stuffed bear that used to be in captivity. <laughs> he just stands at the door, but he's there. He tagged, they died. He, they, he died. They taxidermied him immediately. Immediately. They weren't giving up that cash. But cow. like, well, the weird part about space farms, they have a fucking, like, you walk out and you're like, okay, you think it's going to be like a weird petting zoo, and then there's like a lion, and there, or there's yeah. a bear in a cage, and like, they're like, here's some apples, go throw some apples at the and giant bear. the whole bear. thing is roughly the size of twice this room. Yeah. And then there's also a barn full of children-sized coffins. <laughs> horrifying. Or, horrifying. Or, like, horrifying stuff. There's a doll collection that yeah. literally... And I don't get yeah. squeamish about yeah. a lot of things, but when you walk through the doll collection, apparently this family just collected... Their <laughs> last name was Space, and they collected everything. And yeah. there's, like... There's this, the doll room. And Are you guys like, playing an improv game? No. No, no. no. really? No, this, this is, is real. Okay. This is this a is real, real place. Okay. I, like I made my wife... New Jersey, yeah. man. New yeah. Jersey's Dude, the best. No We're telling you why New Jersey's farms. the best. You can go to a small farm full great. of children's coffins. <laughs> and at night, they come to life? Like, I don't... No, oh, no I do they just collect Like, them. getting locked into Space Farms after hours. Like, if they did a it night at the museum type thing at Space Farms, it would be the most terrifying horror movie that's ever happened. I think we've just found our first collaboration. Yeah. This could be yeah. the, the, you know, yeah. we'll take, it's sort Space of like pitching it as like, sort of like Night at the Museum, but instead it's with uh, de- dolls and kids' coffins. Yeah. yeah, and animals, and animals that there's... And real animals. They had a tiger. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. they have real animals. Yeah. 
What is that legal? Like, how uh, do you probably not? Do you have to have a zoo? Uh, people just don't go there. Like, we have a tiger. Oh, we're gonna take it away. Oh, we have a lot of dolls. Now nah, you can have. The I'm not tiger. part of the space family. I, I was. I would be there now, yeah, and man. I would be owning that place. Beamerville is something of a lawless land. <laughs> lawless. There's nothing there but space farms. And no. now you're in Greenpoint, uh-huh. which where I live, which is like Eastern Europe. And when I was saying that, I was like, should people not know that? Like, will people like is that giving away where you live? Like, people oh, no. will just go to Greenpoint and be like, we're gonna find Chris now. They can if they want. I yeah. live on Leonard Street. Come bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I won't tell you the number, but I'll tell you. <laughs> I live on Leonard between Greenpoint and Collier. If you want to stalk me, be resourceful. Find the number yourself. I'm not gonna make it that easy. <laughs> You've got enough meds to ward them all off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, speaking of you being in New York, I bought, some, I bought something. You bought this something? This very nice. Oh, okay. You only knocked over one thing there. It's pretty amazing. You ox. So I brought your oh, Weird New York. Nice. Uh, he wrote Weird New York, right? Thank and you. And this is actually a rad book because I feel like everybody you have, here... all, you have all these things marked <laughs> so off. So wait, so this is a no joke even. So this is the way it looked. I had it in my house this way and my wife was like... Even my copy doesn't wait. look like that. It's so weird. And, and there's, it looks like toilet paper because it's toilet paper. Um, That's where I do a lot of my research. They cut out one of my favorite things in there. So what, in this book? Yeah. What did they cut out? A road where you go and albinos attack you. In New, in New York? In White Plains, yeah. No Anybody way. from White Plains? The irony. Nobody? Buckhout Road? You go down Buckhout Road in White Plains, you watch out for them albinos. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably pretty easy to do. No, dude. They, it's, 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 it's very wooded back there. <laughs> and they live in a house. It's the only house on the road. And if you honk the horn, they come out and they get you. All of them? <laughs> yeah. Why did that get cut? I don't know, man. I there's don't... albino stuff in Weird New Jersey. There's tons of it. Yeah, and I actually They're was way more getting... tolerant there. When this book came out, I was like doing bookstore tours and showing slideshows, and I would always start with this one road, and then even I hadn't realized it got cut from the book at first. Why would you cut that? It's on the albino road. But I pretty, much, I pretty much like this is literally when I went through it. It's like I crammed up post-it notes. This is pretty much what the inside of my head looks like, and it's just toilet paper. I'm like, I'll just be reading it on the toilet and be like, oh, that's fucking awesome. I gotta go there. That's and it's cool, pretty much man. every place that I've been to in the book. That's amazing. And the sharpie was just because I want you to sign it while you're yeah, up here. I, I mean, that. I'm gonna waste time, but while we're yeah. just while we're here sitting, I would on the love pod, to do that. Yeah, Why start you. wasting time? Why, yeah, just sign the inside. You could write whatever you want to me and like okay. something really nice. Or dear like, Mike. A picture, maybe. Okay. A dick. <laughs> He'll draw a dick if you just ask well, him have to you do s- that. I mean, I also love the part of Weird New Jersey is we get a lot of people with Jersey tattoos, and I, which I love. Like, there's a whole section always of the Jersey ink or whatever. Have you seen any? Yeah. Like, what's the craziest Jersey, like the most hardcore Jersey tattoo? The most hardcore Jersey tattoo I've ever seen in person? I saw, I, I, I saw one person who just had the outline of New Jersey on their face. No. <laughs> yeah. Like the side, like Prince, like on the side, like, like up, when they did, yeah, when he did like, like Slave or whatever, yeah. like, and you know. A guy who had it like right here to you. It, sh- it couldn't have been um, intentional, though. That was probably an accident. It could just be a birthmark that looks like Jersey. Yeah, it was probably an accident. <laughs> <laughs> so the most, the drunkest tattoo artist ever. Spinning, oh, it's very nice. By the way, I love that you're still signing this right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's very amazing. Kind of it's that. live. By the way, have you ever done a live like signing on a podcast? No, not this one like, time. I know it's not good for anyone else, but for me, this is pretty <laughs> rad. Because this, everyone this, else is like, this is the wor- <sighs> the <laughs> signature is going to sit by his commode forever. <laughs> which actually kind of brings us back to the beginning of what Chris was talking about, <laughs> which is actually perfect. Um, are you working on any other weird books right now? And I mean, weird is in the title. Um, no, I haven't. Um, 
I, I, I haven't been focused on the uh, weird New Jersey, weird New York stuff lately. Um, this book came out in 2005, I think. Oh, hence all the really old toilet paper yeah, in there. That's, yeah. I mean, it looks dirty. It's not. It's just like there's just cr- it's like old, like wear and tear on there. Yeah. Thank you for justifying that. Thanks. I don't like. It's not. I was like wondering I'm doing what that. that wear and tear was. I was. I knew somebody. Thank you very much. Sorry oh, about that, everybody. You. No, I, that's selfish, wonderful. Uh, self. Because you've been too busy doing your show. Yeah. Which is amazing. Thank you. And Mike just worked with uh, Banana Man. Yeah, Banana Man's here, Keith, right? Yes. Where is he? Stand up. That's there my he is, Banana Keith. Man. Oh, fantastic. That's Thank you for being here. Banana Thank you, everyone, for turning around the dark and staring. I run so, a yeah. public access show, and that man sitting back there dresses as a banana on it. <laughs> By the way, it's amazing. And the Thank show that I, I went to, I ended up going to the one, uh, the Zach Galifianakis show. Oh, nice. That was a good one to come to. Well, can you just explain a little bit? It was a free haircut. Uh, yes. Episode. I ran into Zach Galifianakis doing stand-up, and he said he wanted to come on the show, which was very nice of him. And then we came up with a list of ideas, and he, the one he picked was... Let's give audience members haircuts. And um, a, a lady volunteered to have her hair cut by Zach Galifianakis, and he doesn't care, you know? <laughs> he was just like, I'm going to have fun with this. And she was like, don't ruin my life. And he was kind of like, well, you volunteered. And then <laughs> cut off like nine inches of her hair and held it up like a scalp, held it up like a scalp. And it was really, I'll tell you, it was like the first thing that happened in an hour-long episode. And it really kicked things off with a real adrenaline rush. <laughs> it's really, it was remarkable. The change in her haircut was very remarkable. It was horrifying. Yeah. Everybody made the same face. We were like, no. <laughs> like, everyone was laughing at first. And then it was just yeah. like, because oh, everybody else who volunteered to get their hair cut was a guy, so when it got real fucked up, you could just shave their head. Yeah. And that was fine. But yeah. with her, we just had to send her home <laughs> looking like that. I felt really bad, but she got it fixed up. She looks great yeah, now. Awesome. <laughs> she looks great. She got it fixed up. Were you a fan of Zach's show? Do you remember that on VH1? Yeah, Late World. Yeah. That was a great that show. That was a great show. That was he, a great show. I, I stopped by and interviewed him when I was working there. And he did, to this day, I think one of the funniest jokes I've ever seen, and it just would never play. But he just kept trying it and trying it. And he was sitting in the dressing room, and he had on super uh, ultra-evangelical Christian radio playing on this like tiny radio box. I was like, what's that for? And he's like, well, I'll show you. He turned the volume down, and he would start the premise of a joke. Like, um, uh, what did the cowboy say to the rabbi? And you go, I don't know what. And then he would just turn the volume up, and whatever was on the radio was the punchline. So it was like, and Jesus came down from Mount Sinai and praised, and then turned it down, and he would just go. Yeah. He gesticulated on a podcast. Yeah. Um, I, and I was like, do it again. And I just kept, I made him do it for like 20 minutes. I thought it was the funniest damn thing ever. I'm shocked that show was canceled. Yeah, me too. Oh, it was so genius. Have you ever tried that? He did a lot of piano comedy. He still does. Have you ever tried that? No, I've never tried piano comedy, no. 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 Songs in general? Songs in general, no. no. Mm. I tend, you know, uh, comedians tend to avoid doing things that other comedians have done exactly. <laughs> well, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> I burned you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's never you should happened cut the before. Even <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, you know, like... If you if you try to start doing like piano monologue comedy, everybody's gonna go. Why are you doing that that Galvanakis bit? Well, let me rephrase. <laughs> Have you ever written a comedic song? Have I written? I'm sure at some point in my life I've written a comedic song. That's how I should have started that. It's never been my forte though. Oh, okay, so not really into it. 
You want to do one right now? We have a guitar. Okay. If Damn. you want me to, really? No. Jeff, do you want to play a song? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> I just thought that was really happening for a second. I was like, yeah, no, it's it it like it was just a planned out thing. I was ready. The it crowd wasn't. seems pumped for it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah wait, can we do pumped. it? I don't know. Because it's not my guitar to give. I feel kind of like a okay. dick for offering it. Yeah. I was Next trying time. to get back at the it's burn good. and it totally blew it. This is getting real awkward. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that's how I like to end our first guest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank joining us. Thank you for having me. Good to see you again. Thank you. Thank you. You should read that. Could you read that autograph? You should read that. Thank you very much. Yes. Thanks, Chris. Before the next guest, I just want to read what Chris wrote. Oh, good. Um, Dear Mike, uh, why are you pushing the dick thing? (laughs) It is awkward that I'm signing this while being recorded. I feel uncomfortable that you encouraged me drawing a dick with such enthusiasm. Very sincerely, Chris Gethard. That was beautiful. Luckily, I'm one of those people that finds a distinct thud and no laugh is just as powerful as a giant laugh, so I'm fine. Uh, Our next guest, we're very psyched to have her here. Uh, If you were hanging out in the hallway, you get to hear her sound check, which is always wonderful. Uh, Please put your hands together for the wonderful and talented Jenny Owen Youngs. Thank you for being here. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for having me. Should we, like, just really quickly recap everything that's happened so far and how I felt about it? Please. Would sure. that be Please. okay? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Superman is for idiots. God, dude. I'm not even a... Fuck. We're getting screwed here, dude. This is bad. Batman is the only DC character that is worth anything. I, I back right, that, actually. Cool. He's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. He's my favorite. There's nothing wrong with Spider-Man. No. no. Calm down. No. <laughs> Except what they did with the the brand new day storyline that was lame you know what i'm talking about right jenny because you're a big fan (laughs) just making sure we're on the same page you know what i mean so i can't have an opinion about a superhero unless i've read every single character arc no you can't actually you should i should just go Wait, should you go or should I go? No, no, you should stay forever. No. Now, let me ask this opinion. I was at um, Denver Comic Con last weekend, and I was, I've been to a bunch of comic book conventions in the past year. Uh, it's, I have a great job. And I've always been fascinated by how the majority of women who go to comic book conventions who do cosplay tend to treat it more... You have to explain that to people. Oh, people cosplay. don't understand cosplay. No, I know what cosplay is. Right. Right. We all know what yeah, cosplay yeah. is, right? It's oh, just yeah. like women in cosplay, like where, where are we I just assume everyone knows. Um, they, it's where they dress like Bill Cosby. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> Why are there so many sweaters at comic book conventions? Everyone in shitty sweaters. So I've had this discussion with a number of people, um, and it's, it's so interesting how that... Uh, some women treat it like, and guys too, treat it like Halloween and dress in like their, their sluttiest, most revealing gear. If I see another like goofy dude without his shirt on running around, but what always gets me is women who are comic book fans, the biggest argument against the way women are drawn is that they're disproportionate and not treated, they're treated, they're more objectified. And then you go to a convention and it seems like it's almost promoting objectification. Do you have an opinion on that? So you're blaming the women? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm trying to figure... He's blaming you. I'm blaming Jenny. No, I'm getting what I deserve. All right. Sorry, women everywhere. It's because of me. Uh, You know, listen, I'm no cosplay expert. I've never been to a Comic-Con. I've just been inside a lot of comic books. Oh, yeah. Uh, But never among 
the other people the who are inside of them too. Um, I don't know, like a convention center full of people who are really into comic books. I feel like it could go a few ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like a safe environment. Um, is it? Maybe, I don't know. I, f- I feel like any place where there are a ton of people in costume makes me uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. that's just me. That's you, not a big Halloween person? So you're, well, no, I'm not. No. If, whenever you can have a mask on and like nobody blinks, like I just feel like that's... Have you ever seen a movie called Scream? Yes. <laughs> because the mask is sort of the way... Well, maybe in like but Scream You don't too. have to wear a mask. I'm just sticking up for Halloween because it's like my high holiday, that's all. Wait... Listen, <laughs> I feel like we got off on a really... I'm making this really awkward right no, now. No, is it you continue. or is it me? It's both of us. <laughs> it's okay. We can continue. No, I'm just kidding. I love... Uh, but you don't, you, Halloween's fun, I mean. Totally fun. Yeah. I just like... I'm not like a big costume person. You don't person. have to be. You could do whatever you want on Halloween. I just don't want to get murdered by somebody in a mask. <laughs> that's all. I think that's a sane response for any day. I, that's pretty much how I wake up. And like, I don't want to get murdered today. Like, I want to get up and I want to go, you know, do whatever and... Hope nobody stabs me. Like stabbing, even like it just horrifies me. I don't want. I don't like, oh, yeah. like slasher things and all that. You know, screams scared the crap out of me. What's your default Halloween outfit? Because mine's Bob Ross or Charles Manson. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. They're both really like low maintenance. Thank you for that, Jonah. No, it's true. It really is true. <laughs> like, where do you go? Yeah. Like, what's yeah? Do you have one or? Really, so I mean, I was Thor one time, you know. That's, that's like, awesome, by the way. That's, that's awesome. Like, I had the hair for it already, that's, but that's fantastic. And then that's you just wonderful. got some tights and listen. And a hammer. That's and amazing. That's about me. We're gonna stop this. That's holiday. why you're here, right? Hey. I just need to know one thing though, because this is important to me. The hammer. Did you have a good hammer? I had. Um, what did I have? I think we had like a proper sledgehammer around I'm sorry, the house. Stephen, what? What is the call? Was the hammer called? Why would you think I would know that? Oh, isn't it like the hammer of like Agrahol? Mjolnir. <laughs> Journey into mystery. I don't know. It's all right. Pays the bills. I spent like three hours making the knife for my Peter Pan costume. Last year? <laughs> I was going to say when. Yeah. Which was basically just, you know, it was, I was only like running second fiddle to my daughter's awesome uh, Tinkerbell costume. Yeah. When you say like making a knife and yeah. three hours, like I kind of picture like a blacksmith sort of a in the <laughs> no, fire like on card- the anvil. It's like cardboard. Cardboard. <laughs> it had to look just right. Can you be more specific? I'm a, guy, I'm a guy and I needed my knife to look good. But like, is there some sort of like Peter Panian like inscription or nothing? What, just what just template the did you use? Did you use the actual yeah. Barry novels or the time. Disney it's about version? Me. Uh, <laughs> you left the house with a sledgehammer for Thor? Well, I was in, like, because, sixth grade. Oh, okay. But Peter Pan, Peter Pan had a knife? Like, <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 He seems really that. violent. He well, shanked, yeah. like, yeah, he would shank people. Like, he was Peter Pan. There's, like, an untold Peter Pan story. There's not the Disney version. I, like, he, never paid attention to anything as a yeah. kid. He's horrible. He's hunted by pirates. Yeah, One he, of them has a hook. He fucked up pirates. Yeah. <laughs> with a yeah. knife. Like, yeah. Captain Hook was afraid of Peter Pan. Like, I mean, he did fly, by the way, which is another <laughs> that's one. That's kind of cheating. When you talk about superpowers, though, like, yeah. flying is a pretty good one. I yeah, mean, it's pretty good. What would your... I mean, I know we always do, we always do this, but not... Oh, what? Superpower? Yeah. Is that going to happen? Might as well. 
I, I, for real? You're not into flying, so. Well, I mean, like, what are you supposed to? I mean, flying is cool. You can get from place to place, but are you super strong? Can you carry someone to get with you? I mean, that seems. You're as strong as you are normally. So if you could probably fly with a person. Like a piggy. So no. Like a, I like, <laughs> how strong? I mean, I'm, I'm flattered, but you I mean. You can put I somebody can't. on your back and like a, piggy, like a piggyback ride. Not comfortably. To fly that way? We're digressing here, Jenny. Jenny, what would you say? <laughs> Uh, to be better at podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, you're awesome. This is hilarious. This whole. I totally you already that. have that. Mine you too. Have that power. <laughs> That's totally wonderful. Um, uh, Jonah had told me that you wanted to talk about. Um, no, I was it? talking about. I hung out with Jenny the other day. Yes. And I was. Um, there are parrots near you. There are Which mad parrots. Blew my mind because I didn't know that there were parrots in New York or Straight Brooklyn up. anywhere. So like, like uh, wild. Yeah, like well, um, like a mile and a half from here, there's this great big cemetery. It's like the same size as Prospect Park almost, and it's full of like famous dead people. And the highest point in Brooklyn is in it, and it's very green and beautiful. Many trees, lily pond, beautifully restored like 1830s chapel. Everything you would want from a cemetery. And in, like, the late 70s, I think, this pet store delivery truck crashed, uh, and it was full of parrots. All the parrots escaped. They flew into the cemetery. They've been roosting there successfully for, like, 30 years. And it's full of green parrots. Greenwood Cemetery. This is the best story I've ever heard, by the way. And you just nailed it. And by the way, see? This is... All right, keep going. Yeah. Wait, really quick. Okay, okay. So there's all these parrots. They all live in the the, um, cemetery. And the cemetery is, like... Beautiful. There's this huge, like, um, Hogwartsian, like, massive facade you drive up to. It's, like, two stories, three stories, four stories high. I don't know. It's tall. I don't know what stories are. Whatever. It's big. It looks like a castle. And there are all these, like, relief (coughs) artworks, you know, where it's, like, there was marble. But then they, like, chip away at the marble until there's a face. And then, you know, it's, like, Mary and Joseph and whatever else happens, you know, in cemeteries. (laughs) So there are all these, like, people... You know, uh, and but there's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like 3D art. Sorry, this is ugh, terrible. No, okay, this is so, awesome. Keep no, going. Don't stop for anything. This is awesome. All the, all the pieces like that that are like all over this huge facade have this fine netting over them because the parrots will otherwise roost in every spare nook and cranny everywhere. There's like this huge spire at the top of this one entrance, and you can see at the very top of it. That, like, there are all these, like, huge twigs sticking out at, like, every angle because there's a massive parrot nest at the top of it. They're everywhere. They're really loud. Also, we saw a possum when we were walking we along the outside of the cemetery. Possum in New York, just straight And we were freaking chilling. out. And then some dude walked past it and didn't pay attention at all. We're like, yeah, we were like, watch out for the possum. Like, what's he going to freak out? And he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Is that a normal thing in your neighborhood? Um, that's the first possum I saw, but I saw a raccoon, like, two nights before that. Oh, would you mind giving your cross streets to just because Chris did? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't really have to. Why? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> um, how many of the parrots have you seen? I've seen like a ton. It's actually like there are kind of too many of them, and they're they live really a long loud. Time, by the way, parrots like they're they're gonna be there for a while. I think they've been reproducing too. Like, and there's also this like sort of like I don't know what it is. Like a couple blocks away, it's like a power plant. Not a power plant, but it looks like it's just like this big industrial like block or two with all these like crazy like lights. It looks like a great place to get killed in like Blade Runner. And <laughs> the parrots 
Have superpowers. Have superpowers. <laughs> they have the superpower. Oh, they definitely can fly, but do they have strength to they carry? Have... <laughs> I don't even remember. I uh, forget it. I ruined um, that joke. Continue your story. No, 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 I'm, sorry. no. I'm sorry. By the way, we don't do like a nerd superhero podcast. <laughs> they have the power of migration, and they migrate to this thing a couple blocks away during the colder months because it like generates a lot of heat. Also, I'm probably like riddled with tumors right now. Uh, from living near this thing that does who knows what. But anyway, that's the story of the parrots. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. By the way, that's, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this, too. This could be another great horror movie, the parrots in the cemetery movie. Like that but it would all be like happy parrots in the cemetery. They're never like pissed off parrots. Because if the, if the <laughs> bird, like, you know, it would like be a totally movie. different Hitchcock no, movie if the birds parrot, could the speak while they were attacking. <laughs> I'm messing everything up. If the birds could talk... <laughs> If the bird, if the birds in Hitchcock's birds could actually talk when attacking to you, that would that would have changed the entire dynamic of the <laughs> film. So, yeah, hey, what? Ow, my eye! Crap! Like what they would say, like when they kill you, like you know, if it's if it's badass or if it's just funny, you're like, oh, that's funny. I'm dead. Oh, my eye. Oh, yeah. Isn't it weird that you know the Fruit Loops bird is a toucan, even though you would never know what one looks like in real life? I know it is weird because they don't exist anywhere we know except for the Fruit Loops box. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm sure it, they exist somewhere. Jenny. Well, they're, they're, What's your feeling on They're black pens? with a white breast, and they have like a big yellow beak with like an orange stripe on it. But I'd be like, this isn't talking, it's not a cartoon. I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> or I would think it was like a parrot. I don't know. It seems like a very specific type of bird. It is. You can? Yeah. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know don't where they like live. That. I don't know anything else about toucans <laughs> besides the. They I don't know their interests. A, a box of cereal. How I need to rewind here. How on earth did you find out about the Paris? Did someone tell you, or was this like a? It's like neighborhood lore. Um, so I think I like either heard it. I, I must have heard it from somebody telling me about the cemetery before I like moved over there, and then like I learned about the um, the like whole like them migrating to the warm thing a couple blocks away from like a neighborhood bartender. And I have an awesome idea. So we get that neighborhood bartender. We start a bar at the cemetery. It's like a tiki bar, but it's natural, <laughs> real parrot. Like, what kind of tiki bar do you guys have? Fucking real parrots, but it's in a cemetery. It's weird, but it's works. You know, it's like on the outskirts of the cemetery, make an outdoor bar. There's got to be like some. Yes. Uh, maybe we can do that. No, let's or, talk after the show. Or we, we start a TV show called Two Can't Do That on Television. <laughs> Huh? Right? <laughs> Anyone? Ladies and gentlemen, Pun Master J. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. That was amazing. Uh, I have to ask a question about one of your songs because uh, yesterday um, uh, my wife was emailing with a friend of hers who was like, oh my God, Jenny Owen Young is coming on your show. You, you, do you know this song? And my wife was like, not yet. And she went, all right, well, here it is. And it was uh, Fuck Was I. Yeah, if your wife's really into that song, that's probably not a great sign. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We listened to it three times on the way here. <laughs> she knew every word. <laughs> Luckiest guy in the room. <laughs> but uh, and her, her anger was like, oh, God, I wish I had this, this song in my 20s. And you wrote that song in your 20s. How did that start? Uh, just like tons of drinking and bad decision making. So your 20s, yes, in a nutshell. <laughs> That's pretty much, yeah, all yes. the 20s. Yeah. Wow. Because it starts out with this like beautiful, ah, uh, it was that cello, is that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and guitar, and then... The lyrics are wonderful and poignant and funny. Oh, thanks. Yes. You're welcome. (laughs) So was it one of those that just kind of wrote itself or did it come out over time? It was one of those, uh, it was sort of like, you know when you have like uh, a gaping, horrible stab wound? Sure. (laughs) It was like that. 
like a scream stab wound, like the like what like or an actual like an emotional a knife wound. theme here. It's a lot of stabbing. Uh, just like you'd just been like, hurt. Pain and then immediate expulsion of something. Okay, like a you know? zit. <laughs> like an abscess. Listen, I'm pretty sure I said stab wound. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like when pus gets involved, I can't. I have to back away. Oh, I, oh, I got it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's not there. you. It's me. No, I'm with you. No. <laughs> so it was like a giant gaping wound. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of like something horrible happened, and then I was like, oh, song. Oh, so did it go yeah. through uh, like a number of revisions, or was it you were just no, pretty No, it was stiff. pretty much just like, meh. I don't know if you could tell from the way that <laughs> fuck is most of the song, uh, but no, it was, it was a quick write. <sighs> I love it. Thank Thanks. you for writing it. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for enduring heartbreak for my enjoyment. Anytime. Tell your wife that She's I said. She's in the back. Tell her. You're welcome. <laughs> Again. No worries. Okay. Uh, so, really, Batman's only power is having a lot of money. And I'm a big uh, fan of Batman. He's my guy. He's my guy. My whole life, Batman's my guy. Met Adam West, the whole shebang. I'm, like, all down with Batman. So... But, like, if Batman didn't have lots of money, would he be just as oh cool? Oh, my gosh. It's really not about Batman being cool, although he is super cool. But, like, you're all, oh, Marvel just makes their characters all emotionally fucked up. But Batman is the most emotionally fucked up superhero. Oh, yeah, that's true. Wow, good he's point. He's so dark he is a mess. and awesome. Oh, and he's yeah. always like, am I as evil as the Joker? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, always having an existential mm-hmm. crisis, which yeah. is so awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then also being really, like, strong and grappling hooky at I the mean, same time. Come out of childhood trauma. He is a very disturbed. Who gentleman. doesn't love childhood trauma? <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. And I was being a little more antagonistic. I have like every issue of the X Men since Kitty Pride started. So I'm, I'm down with the Marvel. I'm a big. I'm down know. with the antagonism. How yeah, awesome, how awesome would like poor Batman be? Like, is it like the <laughs> shitty weapons? Like, is he telling me about me like the worst thing ever? So, like forks and like you know. Just, I mean, what would he like? We could do shitty Batman. Would be amazing. He's still got the like the the angst of real Batman, but he doesn't yeah. have the money. I'm the knight of vengeance, and he throws his battering. He's like, no, I need that back. Shit. Yeah, yeah he's the worst. He's like, he goes and finds shit after. He's like, yeah. The Batmobile is like a, a Chevy cart. Chevy Nova. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, like a muscle car Nova or like the 80s Nova? Because the 80s Nova oh, was my be... first car. I'm just wondering, like, what? Oh, how did you feel? enjoy the Nova? Would you re- recommend that so to a poor Bruce Wayne? cute. I wouldn't tell anybody maybe to drive one of those now because I can't imagine that there's a safe or functional one left <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> did it have too many problems mechanically or just it was the aesthetic? Um. I thought it was really adorable, but I'm not like a person who likes what most people like in cars. I think mm. it just looked like a little tin can. Okay. You know? Who doesn't like a tin can? Am I right? With, with, with wheels and a combustion engine. Who doesn't like a combustion engine? <laughs> Make it work. Listen, can we talk about Space Farms, though, again? For just, yes. like, one second? Because minute, I grew up really? going there. Um, wait, by the way, Montclair, New Jersey. Yo, I lived in Montclair for a few years, and it's totally awesome. But I actually grew up in a much less sophisticated part of New Jersey, which is, like, to the northwest. It's very, like, rural and farmy and full of bears and opossums. Um, well, the closest thing to a town that was by me is called Newton. Nobody's okay. ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the closest thing to a place people have heard of is Sparta. Sparta's awesome, too. That's another great town. Wait, don't be it. Okay, keep going. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not a Jersey hater. I'm from Jersey, and I love Jersey. I don't feel the need to, like, lay into people who are like, Jersey sucks. And then you're like, you've never been there. Whatever. Because 
when I move back to New Jersey later in life, because I want to be near like beautiful trees and stuff, I want the population density to have like gone down. You're a good, that's you a know great what I mean? Idea. I should stop being so aggro and be like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, Jersey sucks. Yeah, it's just like one <laughs> more thing you don't get to enjoy, fucker. That's a great point. Like you know the, what? Green, the Greenland Iceland thing. Yeah, you know, you'd be like, you know what? You're right. It's awful. Don't. Yeah, come. don't ever go there. Yeah. You know what? In fact, never come to our beaches. No one. <laughs> Stay away. It's horrible. Yeah, that whole hypodermic thing washing the shore was just a ploy. That was. Oh, by the way, yeah. Yeah, hypodermic it. needles never wash I mean, up on funny. the shore in New York. Yeah. Or anywhere else. Just New uh, Jersey. Thank they, were just, you. they were tossed in there from New York and they floated down yeah. to Jersey. Past the Gulf Stream. Just needles everywhere. <clears throat> all over it. And then back to Tom. That's a very Square. good point, though. We should tell people to stay away. I think that's Yeah, a good stay one. away. I yeah. like that. Okay. <laughs> Brad, not Done. a fan. Yeah. Uh, not hey. a fan of Superman or New Jersey. <laughs> Sorry. Superman's from Cleveland, though. Yeah. Yeah, Cleveland. <laughs> Love that. Don't, yeah. That's exactly the best. true. Yes. Cleveland here. Um, Jenny, thank you so much for being oh here. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. And uh, you're going to perform for us later. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love your attitude. You're so great, Jenny Owen Young. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. It just occurred to me that we are getting ready for um, what I like to call a New Jersey hat trick. Oh, I secretly like planned. I wanted this all. This to totally this worked. Is, yeah, it's because our, our our fourth guest also resides in New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Who I cares? I know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from a number of bands that you know and love, please welcome Mr. Frankie Iero. Where the fuck are you? Yay! What? Hi, Frankie! Hey, Yay! Frank. Welcome. Tell us a Thank, story about dolls me. and parrots. Well, like, <laughs> so we're going to just continue. Space Farms, let's go. Yeah, I, yeah I've never been to Space Farms, but I, I like kid coffins. So <laughs> I, had, I had all this stuff prepared. I'm not sure how like, to take that. Well, you ever been around them? No, I haven't. Well, I mean, peaceful. they're cute. Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just yep. saying. And, That's and, where we're going. And, and, and can and, I just say one thing before we continue? Yes. Just, I just want to say that Mike and I are standing, are sitting right under the AC, so that's why our nipples are so hard. Oh, <laughs> and why we're crossing our arms all the time. It's not because we're detached. I was wondering if anybody knows. Because I'm fucking freezing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I was cool. like, why is Brad so detached? <laughs> I keep like putting my hands in my armpits. <laughs> It's like, why the way I normally sit. <laughs> that kid coffin story really excited right, Brad in a weird way. My I hope nobody are. notices. I hope he doesn't bring it. Oh, there he goes. My nipples are hard because my heart's so cold. Oh. <laughs> just, just a fucking ice soul. Just an ice. You're going to yeah. cut a retina. So, hey, what's new? Anything big in the past few months? <laughs> no. I brought my pills up. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were what talking you about these before. I yeah. know. So well, I had this whole skit planned about Lexapro and shit, but you guys talked about that. Uh, are you a fan of Lexapro? No, because no. when I got off it, I had the spins for like fucking two months. Uh, horrible. Wait, wait. Like don't that. put it away. Oh, yeah. No, I took do it. Still do it. Yeah. We're good. Taking pictures. It's all fine. <laughs> I carry this wait. with me at all times. It's like having a maraca in your, <laughs> your bag. I'm like, what is that? Was that a maraca? No, that's yeah, safety. That makes me happy. 
Uh, so you and I both um, are two big Jawbreaker nerds who have Jawbreaker yeah. tattoos. We are. We just figured that out. Anybody? Any other Jawbreaker nerds here in the audience? Yeah. Who, who played here? Oh, Forgetters played here? How was yeah. it? Amazing. It was, was good. It? I was here too, actually. Was it good? Yes. It was really good. Okay. I, w- I wasn't there, so it didn't count. Me and my roommate Emily saw Blake play last night. Oh, yes? Oh, wow. It was good. It was really good, but it was like performance art, maybe. Yeah, so he was wearing, like, a tie and a T-shirt and, like, kept tuning and then played, like, a Third Eye Blind cover, a what? Fear cover, and then a Forgetter song and a bunch of new stuff. Wow. Wow. Cool. I don't know. Now, uh, so I have Jinx removing on my arm. You have it on your neck. I do. Which is way bolder than I would ever have gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, why did you choose Jinx removing? Uh, that's actually, uh, it's like, you know, it's, it's my, my wife and I's song. It's our song. Ah, ah, that cold heart is seeming to warm. Yeah, I just melted. I see something. (laughs) Now I, you know what? Here you go. That was uh, Jinx removing was on the first mix I ever gave my wife. Aw, he gets a ton of fucking awes. I get nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I gave you an awe. I said it. I know. Yeah, but you offer a lot of things, and I I respect it and love it. Um, How did you bond over that particular tune? Oh man, Uh, I think. Uh, she had unfun in her car, and I was like, nah, 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 we got to listen to 24 Hours. It is the best record yeah. ever written. That's what I thought. So, uh, we got that going, and then, uh, yeah, and then we just started. We've been together for, like, a really long time. We've just figured out. How long? <gasps> long. That was, like, like, really s- long. <laughs> 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 no, like, uh, like, 10, 11 years now. It's crazy. Basically, all our lives. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You want to be, I can get, like, real, I can get real sappy about it, and, and like, because it's it's true, like uh, you know, people say like when you, you you meet the right one at the that moment, like you totally you fall in love for. Like, I swear to God, no, it's true. And I've said it to her in the past. She's like, yeah, all right. But I like had to force her to like me. It was terrible. It was like a really really awkward couple of. Months. I got her name tattooed on me like three months into hanging out. Like it was. Like, <laughs> I was like, it was like really. That should seal the yeah. deal. Be like, hey, check. The, right, seriously, I'm really into all you. the shit that, <laughs> swear that to God. doesn't fucking work. I did it all. Like and then like that, immediately. That's, that's a bold, bold move. Totally. Did and the guy get... that did it too was like, you sure you want to get this like in black? You want to try it in red? And I was like, nah, man. She's gonna get mine too. And she was like, nah. I'm is there like a supposed to be a stigma behind that? Like, if you yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that shit though. Like, any, yeah, like the uh, the stuff that you, you're supposed to not do. Yeah. Like, I do that shit immediately. <laughs> wow. Then, then why don't like, you get yeah. her name on your forehead? Yeah, I like, I'll like eat Pussy. and then go swimming. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Pop, pop rocks and then swim. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking all of it. I finish cutting. Might as well go jog. <laughs> all works out. That's really cool. So, so you knew immediately, and I then, did. And it's weird, though, because I was so high. But I knew. <laughs> and, like, it sobered me up. Like, immediately. It was crazy. So did you give her a heads up, like, hey, by the way, I'm going to get this new tattoo? Whoa. <laughs> uh, or were you just like... you got to fix that yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about. Sorry, that was so distracting. Sorry about okay. the microphone falling. Falling like a Mr. Uh, Softy. You give a heads up, or it's like, oh, check out my new tattoo. It's also your name. No, I, oh, she, I needed a ride, so she drove me. <laughs> and uh, I was, uh, I was, I, I, you know, I was, I was getting, I was getting black flag bars. And uh, my friend was like, yeah, I could do black flag bars. And he did it, he, you know, he did it all right. Um, and then I was like, oh yeah, by the way, like you know, as he was finishing up, I was like, I got one more. I just want you to do it real quick. He was like, uh, all right, what is it? I was like, this girl's name. He's like. 
that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, she's really cool and all, but like, dude, don't, don't, does she know? I'm like, nah, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> she still oh drove me home afterwards to be like, oh, yeah, it was great. Oh, it yeah. obviously worked. I mean, it, it, it worked. It worked. Do that. Seriously, yeah. do that shit. Like, meet somebody and be like, I'm gonna, let's, I'm go, sure. let's go hang out. Drive me to the fucking tattoo bar. I'll get your name tattooed on me right now. <laughs> That's how fucking serious I am. Just do it right now. I mean, that is pretty much putting it out there. I, here, yeah. yeah pretty I serious. I don't fuck around. No, do no, that's good. Do it now. Did it ever occur to you that she may just be the nicest girl in the world and th- she didn't, you know... Well, here's like, the best thing, What too else is- am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's been 12 years of pity. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I make her laugh. I think that's, that's why she sticks around. <laughs> that, us- that, that usually helps. Um, it's going to devolve into this. I apologize to anyone out there without children, and then I take it back immediately because oh. I don't care. Um, Frankie has twin girls. I do. And I have twin girls. Which allows us to say to anyone else who only has one kid, go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> because yeah. it's, ri- it's ridiculous. And when um, uh, about a couple months before uh, my girls were born, I ran into your wife at um, uh, Idle Hands. And uh, uh, I was like, all right, okay, you need, to, you need to tell me everything. And then um, you ran into my wife at uh, a Fuse thing. Mm-hmm. And she asked this question. She said, all right, Steve wants to know, What's one thing that he'll need to know about having twins that most people don't understand? And do you remember what you said? No, it's a, it's a blur. It should be. Whole, you have twins. You don't remember season. anything. No. He said at some point, and I guess this falls in line for anyone who has one kid, you're going to have to pee while wearing a baby Bjorn. It's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Not just pee. <laughs> If wow! Ha- it's at that point, it's survive. Uh, you know what I mean? Because like, how many diapers do you want to change at that moment? Like, how many pairs of shitty drawers can I change? Mine, yours, hers. Fuck! You're just gonna you're gonna say it. And yeah, you know, here's the thing: babies babies don't remember that. They don't remember. We know no fucking baby remembers that. It's okay. And if they do, like, you know, if they do, you're like, I loved you that much. You are so smart. You know, I loved you that much that I I wasn't gonna leave you alone. I did. I did figure this out though. Like when uh, we had we had a lot when we had a lot of kids, I realized that um that our grandparents and our great grandparents like really really loved their kids because like these days. You know, I love my kids. I wouldn't. I would never. You know, send them away in the forest or like murder them. But you know, if if you were to do that, yeah, we like, should, yeah, we should, yeah, yeah, we should give that. Yeah, everybody. Yes. If you were to do that, you would get caught like that. Like there's CSI, there's Law and Order. Like you know, there's so much evidence of that stuff. Back shows. then, people just fucking disappeared. Like if you had too many kids, you could be like, the flu took it. Like I don't fucking know. There was wolves and shit. Like you know yeah, we just mean? left a kid but, in the fucking yeah. woods. Yeah, but fucking, the fact right, that but nobody, you, yeah, like you everybody has grandparents and they like they have parents and your parents are still around it means it's like someone loved them that much that they couldn't get rid of them. That's a good point. Think about that. That's a good point. So much I kept you, know. you alive. <laughs> well, we we were actually talking the other day about uh, about about our our. our I, I mentioned my daughter uh, is taking a shit where she she's 15 months old and she sometimes like she, she sa- mostly saves it for my wife and for the grandmas and whoever else is there. But she like takes pity on me sometimes. But when she gives it to me, it is like 
<laughs> like a man, like a man shit. <laughs> she and she's it, this little thing, like this little baby, fifteen month old, and she. It's a man, and it's like it's like a man who drank Nyquil. Like it's green and it's fucking sticks to her ass. And I'm trying, and then she does the gator death rolls. But we, like she, so she's like, <laughs> so you're trying to clean her, and then she's she's death rolling. And those of you who have kids know, and she's you're holding one leg, but she's still spinning, and you're like, how? I have your leg, but you had the best you had the best name for what you call oh. those shits uh, for your kids. Yeah, well, it smells like an old. Evil has, has like entered like the actual like yeah. Lord of the Rings old <laughs> yeah. evil like that kind uh, of like I death bowels of hell yeah yeah the so last it, piece of the Horcrux just comes <laughs> out I know our audience uh, yeah I call it uh, Beelzebub yeah yeah <laughs> is uh, is my nickname for which the, I still think would be evil. a great uh, we're working on it animated show yeah we're yeah. gonna work on that yeah. <laughs> I had, but, to, I had to cut a kid out, like cut the onesie around it because the shit was too oh much. I was man. like, we got to sacrifice the clothing. <laughs> I've been thinking oh, about what? using Clorox wipes. Because so, <laughs> it's gotten to that point. My son now, he does this thing where, and the girls never really did this, but he does this thing like when you get his legs up, he's going, oh man, one day he's going to hear this at some point, right? Because the internet's forever. It's, yeah, it'll be forever. <laughs> yeah, this will be forever, uh, so make sure. Yeah. He does this thing where like. This will be right at the forefront of all the news when he's <laughs> <Yeah>. a teenager. <laughs> But I don't know how he does it because I think his arms are longer than than the girl's arms. But like he reaches around and like grabs his shitty balls and like, <laughs> like and then there's like then there's shit hands and then like and it's fucking horrible, man. Like so, yeah. Jonah, how's that the vasectomy? You, you got it last week. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna get it straight after this. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, do, so do you dress your kid up in, like, Dead Kennedy shirts and stuff? Oh, man. I feel like um, I see a lot of that now. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? Yeah, it is yeah, weird. I totally it, do I feel it, like though. it's, like, putting, <laughs> it's like um, putting your stuff on, like, he doesn't know who the Dead Kennedys are. <laughs> <laughs> My girls know who the Ramones are, though. Like, that's the thing, is I only dress them in stuff that they actually like. Like, uh, the police, I had to throw that shirt away. They don't like the police. Uh, the Ramones, they love, like... Uh, my one girl Cherry will say like, "Hey yo, let's go," and you have to put it on the radio, and they fucking they dance and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah way into Morrissey, yeah, that's uh, great. Smith and stuff. But uh, yeah, you know they don't like they don't like other stuff. So I don't I don't trust them in that. I f- that that's where I draw the line, I guess. <laughs> they don't have any like <laughs> thing onesies. Yeah, no, no, okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Dream, dream of the Blue Turtles. Come on, that's why. You, that's why you didn't kill them because they like the Ramones. <laughs> my daughter, <laughs> as I said, my daughter loves Mike Patton. I can't find any like Phantomas uh, baby shit or like you know any like Faith No More baby tees. There's yeah. nothing. You're gonna have to burn a screen in your basement. Yeah. And yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah. The only kid at preschool with the Mr. Bungle one. <laughs> would be, that, that would be would my be daughter. There'll be one of the dad going, right on. Yeah, there's one cool dad. <laughs> you want to hang out? I think we just yeah, did. The only parents that we would, I'd want to hang out with would be those guys. So we had on the podcast um, in, the, in the studio a young gentleman named James DeWeese. Oh, yeah. I love that uh, guy. One, one of our all-time favorite people. And you guys are working on a new band. And we are. Is it just the two of you? Is it only going to be the two of you? Is it going to branch out? I don't know. Uh, right now, it's just us. And um, we like it that way because um, we agree mostly on stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, that's really fun. And, and it's, uh, it's easy uh, you know, to get in touch with like, one guy as opposed to four. You know? but, uh, <laughs> but Yes. Yeah. It's just, you know. Simplicity. <laughs> uh, I also thought it would be really fun to be able to like to be able to tour in a Prius. Like I thought, like, oh, fuck, man, just 
throw your laptop in the car and we're going. <laughs> we're hitting tour, you know? Every, have you ever done that? Tour in a Prius? No, yeah. but I've driven one and they are very quiet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that would be really cool, but uh, eventually I think I'd like to, to expand upon the live show a little bit. But uh, we were also thought, hey, wouldn't it be really fun if we just played everything? So I don't know. We're, we're talking. I think that's very smart. That dude yeah. is, uh, he's one of those people who can be like, what time is it? And then an hour later, like a gazillion stories have come I out. I know. Yeah. So when you drive in that Prius, do you get to speak? No, no, I don't. Yeah, no, definitely no. not. No, I play, I play Candy Crush in the back, and I'm like, no way! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you talk about, like, my favorite, too, is be like, hey, whatever happened that time you threw that, that, uh, that bass drum out at the Colette show and hit that girl in the face? And I just go play it. He, he tells that amazing story about... I, I've heard oh, it a million times. It's, yeah, on, it's on the podcast. I made it. As soon as we got, <laughs> dude, dude, as soon as we walked in, I was like, you have to tell that Colette... Because it was like, I read about it in a zine, but I didn't know what was real. Yeah. And then, like, kids, like, fought over the pieces of the drum that I think it shattered on her face or something. I don't know. I was... Hey, man. <laughs> I, I just love the way he fine. leads into it. He's yeah, like, she's fine. She's I don't fine. know. I got really excited, so I picked up the bass drum and boom. Yeah. And they, but he settled it, too, like King Solomon. He was like, you take the fucking, you take the hardware. You take the, the skin. You take the shattered. And, like, he, he evened the fight out. And the girl was fine, and everything was fine. Was he a fun person to tour with? Is that, like, part Always. of the reason that it just kind of gelled that you're going to do your own thing? Man, we, uh, we ended up uh, bunking together uh, a lot. When uh, I was out in um, Los Angeles uh, for a long time, and, and he made it sane. Like, he bakes. He's really good at baking. And there's, like, always uh, – he makes this thing called dump cake, which is fucking uh, – I can make that. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he makes soft pretzels, too, which is really good. And uh, – and he makes really great. Of beats. course, you both with the guy who <laughs> yeah. made the cake and the right? soft pretzel. It's amazing. And he smokes constantly, or I, I don't know. I think he might be quitting, but he smokes constantly, and then has these candles that smell like gingerbread. So it's fucking great. <laughs> and then one day I walked in, and he had all these plants up, and it was like very, I don't know, like Jungle Book. That was wonderful. It was incredible. <laughs> it was like every day is like this new fantasy world, and it was like Dune posters, and he's playing like Lord of the Rings, like the really old Lord of the Rings video game. That's like, like the first one that ever came out. Yeah, he loves that shit. Oh, it's great. I now want to form a band with him. I'm yeah, telling I think you. So. You can't have him. Right. <laughs> he belongs to me. Yeah. Uh, so then what's going on with Leathermouth? Uh, actually, uh, you know, we got together to do that, that one show uh, for Skate and Surf. And uh, the practices were so much fun that we were like, oh, maybe we'll do a couple more shows. So um, I don't know. There's a, a guy named Chris back here that I don't know if we're not allowed to talk about it yet. But. Uh, maybe soon there'll be a couple of shows announced. Hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I know. It would have been great to promote it on the podcast. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and now the question about how on earth do you keep your voice that way in Leathermouth? Oh, man. That's a screech from... That's a Bielsa screech. That, I mean, that's like from the depth. That's an old evil. That is it. I did. Uh, I did that record in in my basement. Uh, we we recorded it in like my friend the music in my friend's basement, and then in my basement I had this. It was this weird board that I don't even think they make anymore. Like you couldn't even get it off. Like I had to send it the board away to get the music off. It was ridiculous. So I had to like hit play and then run over to this microphone. And at this time, Wait, can we, we talk about that? No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> microphone brad what 
But uh, yeah, like at times, if you really turn it up, you can hear dogs barking in the background and like weird shit like that. Like it's just my house, like it a caninus record. <laughs> yeah, I, I should Nobody? bring my wife up here to Nerds. talk about what that sounded like upstairs of me just going. <laughs> but then, did you like? I'm fascinated by vocals to do this that they can do that screech and then stop and then have a normal speaking voice. They're fine because I've done punk rock karaoke a couple of times uh-huh. and. Saying in what I thought was a normal speaking voice, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian fucking Baker was playing when I did it. God damn it! Um, who cares? Um, uh, ooh, synergy. Just figure that out. Um, and afterwards, I couldn't talk for like a day, like super raspy and all that. Like, how do you get the muscles to take notes? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't do awesome. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just fucking do it, man. Don't be a pussy about it. Just got yeah. fucking. Do it. <laughs> Third burn of the night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, like you had a. Br- I feel like if when, once I I I break my voice, then like two days later, uh, I'm I'm good to go for a while. Wow. I don't know. When I was in like you know other young hardcore bands, when I was like in high school and stuff like that, I used to scream into a pillow and like break it the night before, and then the next before the show the next day. I don't know why that worked for me, but it did. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I probably That's, have like, yeah. My th- if you open my throat up, it's just nodules, just, <laughs> just nodes yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It works though. Works for me. I wouldn't recommend that for anyone else. I don't know. So you're gonna scream later for us? No. No. <laughs> Good. No. No, I don't think the sound system. Yeah. Take it. But you are gonna play a tune. I am. I wrote a song. Is this is weird? Because like, you know, we were talking about how you guys have like uh, acoustic acts and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't really. I haven't really written an acoustic song or anything, so that wouldn't work. Well, the way you said it was also like, man, if I write something, I'll write, maybe I'll write yeah, something. Yeah, but that was, was a sort of... joke. And then I ended up writing something on Wednesday, and I was like, oh, I guess it's a sign maybe I should play something. But I think so. Uh, there's still time for me to chicken out. <laughs> there, there's always time for um, that, and we hope you don't. But thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you guys. so much. Thank yeah. you. Dude. Yeah, he's going to play. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Checking the clock here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming to the stage right now, someone we had on one of our earliest podcasts. We're r- ridiculously psyched that he's here. He's here, right? Okay, good. All right. <laughs> I thought I saw him coming. I can see him. Um, <laughs> if you are a fan of punk music, yeah, you know songs this gentleman wrote. You know the band he played for. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from Minor Threat, Lyle Pressler. <laughs> Dude, first and foremost, welcome for coming here, and let's talk about what's attached to your arm. Please. Well, <laughs> this is KCI, which is a company, international medical company, I believe out of England originally. It's called the, what does that say? It's called the ActiVac. ActiVac. But I call it the WoundVac. The wound vac. And I, by the way, you mentioned that you wanted to call your next band wound vac, but I've already taken that. Jerk. And I already, I have the whole, like, wound vac <laughs> thing. But what this is... That I, was a WV. Yes. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you... Uh, you if didn't you quite s- pick up the... <laughs> I, I thought you were just giving me five fingers. Biggest <laughs> fuck you ever. Of absolute death. <laughs> um, no, the uh, problem was is that late last year I broke my, my, my elbow. I really shattered it and had to have it surgically repaired. And uh, you know the uh, Australian supercar Grand Prix thing? Nope. Uh, well, 
I wasn't in that, but Fair enough. but it didn't happen then. But it happened in my driveway, so <laughs> it sort of involved a car. <laughs> and anyway, they put a bunch of pins in it and, and wire. And what happened was is that over time, apparently those pins started to move around and started to tear up the tissues inside. And then I somehow got strep infection in my elbow. And so the whole thing just blew up like... And I won't... But I was on a cruise at the time. That's how you got strep. That's what cruises no, do to people. Actually, That's how from, you get strep in your came, elbow. It came from, <laughs> from my wife, actually. But, uh, uh, yeah. But easier ways anyway, to get rid of we you. went on this, like, stupid promotional cruise thing where you go out in the Atlantic and then you turn around and come back. All to promote this uh, rock star cruise thing. I have to explain, I'm not involved in any of this, but this, I went along for the ride, you know, because it's like Paramus Mall on the ocean, you know. Oh. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> that awesome. other, that's a Jersey reference, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, by the way, that's, yeah, it's four happening. So, it, 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 you know, it blew up, and what they had to do was put me on, like, massive antibiotics. I mean, I saw my doctor, he's like, go to the hospital right now, you're done. And so the great thing is I have so much antibiotic in my body that you will not get sick, ever. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I'm going to be standing outside. So if you guys want to just line up and give me 10 bucks, you can stand next to me. I'll breathe on you. You'll all be good. Nothing but clindamycin as far as the eye Yeah, and by say. the way, one of the most – because you guys have been talking about shit all night. Quite a bit. So <laughs> I want to just tell you that – By the way, that's that. them. I haven't said anything about shit well, all night. <laughs> All right, you're and right. with the amount of yoga you do, you probably have the cleanest colon up here. You were, but you were the Manson guy. That so is that's, true. Yeah. yeah. So, also, I have a question. No, go ahead. Bob. So in any event, one of the most amazing things about being on, and I'm talking when I say antibiotics, I don't mean the ones you pop. That's for suckers, man. I had like a pick line in, which is a catheter about oh, that long. That goes the, in it goes your body. all the way into the yeah. vein. I know what it is. Yeah. And then every morning yeah. they just took that thing up and the bag dropped. They just infused that stuff. And your shit does not smell at all. In fact, nothing coming out of your body smells at all. It doesn't just dull so, the senses in your nose? No, no, no I, I, I tested it out. Again, I asked my six-year-old daughter to try to like... Oh, that's just being a good dad. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah. you have the full pick line in, so that's out now. Oh, obviously. yeah, they pulled it out yesterday, actually. Oh, yeah. sweet Jesus. And I didn't realize how long it was until she kept going like this. Yeah. Or until and you took a shit like, this morning, you're like, God damn it! Like, Whoa, what happened? <laughs> Missed that. Yep. Uh, I have a question for the audience. Do you guys ever forget to do your laundry, so you wear your friend's weird bootleg Fugazi shirt, and then you're on stage interviewing a guy from Minor Threat, and you're wearing this weird Fugazi shirt? Oh, you got the weird. That's right. Yeah. You got the weird Fugazi shirt. Yeah. Actually, you guys were also talking about this whole thing about uh, dressing your kids in like punk rock T-shirts. Yes. And I, I go back to my great friend Brian Baker, who said. Putting a punk rock T-shirt on a little kid is like putting sunglasses on a dog, and I think that's exactly right. It's like, but but I have a story that ties into everything because I do live in Montclair, New Jersey, and my wife decided at some point to buy our our little girl who was three at the time a minor threat, a bootleg minor threat T-shirt, and so. She's wearing the shirt, and we go into the King Supermarket, uh, and I see we're going out the door, and I said... Wait, wait, so, King's on Valley? Yeah, on Valley. That's our King's, All by right. the way. See that shit? That's right, honey. I see you so back we, there. So, 
So I see her walking out the door, and I said to my wife, look, I'm not going out with her wearing that shirt. And my wife says, come on, we're going to change her now. Just go get the stuff and come back. I said, fine. So we go, and we get the stuff, and we get in the checkout. And there's a young woman there, couldn't have been more than 24, 25 years old, with a couple of piercings, so hardware going on. And we're standing there, and she looks at my daughter, and she says, cool band. And my daughter stupidly says, my dad was in that band. <laughs> and the girl just looks at me like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, the indignities of this situation just never end. Now, I should also say that on two separate occasions in Minor Threat, we have fought the battle over children's clothing. With the two people who actually have children coming out very much against it, and the two other people kind of going like, eh, I don't know, it might be cool. <laughs> might be cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Oh, it's like I made a, a lot of money off those T-shirts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Somebody should have. I mean, that was the other thing. It was like, what's the market for this? Uh, I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, people buy him as gag gifts. Oh, isn't this funny? Your kid has a minor threat T-shirt. <laughs> I mean, technically a minor. I guess maybe that would oh, be. Oh, see, only... now you're thinking hard. Yeah, you I should, have. You to. should talk to Jeff. You should <laughs> talk to Jeff Nelson. Oh, you could help him out. Jeff yeah, yeah, you can help him out. That'd be good. I did throw a descendant shirt on my kids, so I have to. But you know, it said I don't want to grow up, so. Yeah. No, it's still dumb. What about a junkyard yeah, shirt? Right. That'd be good. I'll that's put a right. junkyard shirt on there? Yeah. That'd be funny. I also have a comic book story. Oh, please. Okay. And I just think anybody who reads those things in after the age of like 15 is fucking that's, that's another issue altogether. Sorry. That's four, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's this is amazing. It's, it's been sequential. Yes. Four. It's interview, but I think, yeah. When I was working for Caroline Records, we had this band that did a record called Dim Stars. And Dim Stars was a couple of people was Thurston Moore and Don Fleming, so Gumball and, and Sonic Youth getting together. And they did this one-off record. And they came in for a meeting, and they had the proposed cover art for the record, which I believe was a Raymond Pettibone drawing of Robin giving Batman a blowjob. And... Right about this time was when they were launching Batman. Warner Brothers was launching Batman, the, the movie. And the boss I were, I was sitting in the meeting, and the boss I had was this sort of very reserved English gentleman. And he said, oh, I think there's going to be a problem with this. And Thursday, they were stoned out of their minds. I mean, I, they were sitting out in our lobby just smoking. And especially Don, who's a wonderful guy, but he was just out of his mind. And so they're sitting in there, and they've got these incredulous looks on their faces when my boss says, I don't think we really ought to do this because this is infringing on, you know. And Thurston considers it for a moment and then says the most brilliant thing of all. Well, it's not actually Batman and Robin. It's just two people in Batman and Robin outfits. (laughs) And I have to say that I just thought that was the most brilliant defense I've ever heard. That is genius. I relish the notion of going into court and saying, you're on. (laughs) We don't know where these gentlemen got these outfits. No idea. Who's to say it's in fact Batman and Dick Grayson? Or Jason Todd or Tim Drake. Yeah, I took it there. Yeah, no, you did. Nerd. 
Oh, that's hilarious. That's- How long were you in Carolina again? Um, four years. Four years. Now, had you done, done stuff at labels beforehand? Did you? No. 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 That was the first time I ever, ever did anything with a record company. And I came to New York, and I had no means at all. Like, I, I, I had worked as a, a bartender and a waiter in D.C., and I went to, like, 30 or 40 interviews. And they all would say, have you ever worked in New York? No. Get out. And I'd be like, Washington, D.C. is a pretty big They have sophisticated people there who order Bernays sauce and stuff like that. Couldn't get a job, and and I I, but I knew Caroline because the Meat Men had been on Caroline. So I kept I would every year I'd save up a little bit of money and like send them a gift at Christmas time. And finally one day they called me up and said we have this really ridiculous horrible thing that will never work. Would you like to come in and run it for us? And it lasted two weeks. And I thought, that's great. I've got the shortest career in the music business history. Little did I know at the time that that was not going to be the shortest career in the music business that anybody would have. But at the time, it seemed pretty short. So luckily enough, they kept me on at Caroline, like, to do... I did, like, label stuff for Sub Pop and for some other things that we distributed. And then eventually, I got to the horrible position of, quote, unquote, running with all respect to, to KCI, again, a wonderful English manufacturer of medical devices. Because they can make things that suck. That's how they work. Well, yeah. And, and also, I just want to point out that what this thing actually does, by the way, just so you know, is that it actually sucks constantly on this surgical wound on my elbow so that it provides a stasis for the wound. So instead of compressing the wound, it holds it open and mm. it heals faster. But in the instructions to it, which I read... I've been dying to hold this thing for like... Thanks. It, uh, keep, just keep going. Yeah. It specifically says that pleasurable uses for this thing are not encouraged. In fact, it may result in permanent injury or death. Did you try it? No. <laughs> not Mike, after that. <laughs> why did you want to hold that, Mike? <laughs> there's like, I was just was like kind of just looking at it. There's like a, a don't button. Don't kill Lyle no, while there's he's a here. That says, there's a button that says audio pause. Yeah, I don't, I've never tried that. Should we do it? You could try it. I don't think I it's going to do anything. It. Well, Brad should do it, probably. <laughs> Brad heard audio and was like, what? There's an audio on the wound back? No, they, 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 they make the thing like... It's pretty bulletproof. Like you can, like, I think it's pretty it's, serious. No, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a hefty program. Device, yeah. yeah, it's hefty. Yeah, and it's really a pain because you got to. Well, you, you got to wear it when you go to the bathroom. You got to wear it when you go to bed. And if right. you leave it off for more than two hours, it apparently it'll adhere to your wound, and then they'll have to like cut it. I don't know. Who knows? Gross. It's really gross. <laughs> but I'm glad your arm's going to be okay. How long do you have to wear it? Um, well, I should only have more, maybe another two weeks of this and another two weeks of antibiotics, and then supposedly I'll be back to normal. Of course, they told me that the last time, so you never know. Doctors. But I will say that in all seriousness, like, if you get an infection, because I had this conversation with Ian McKay the other day. You get an infection, uh, Hold on, man. Take, suck, take that in for a second. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like he, we were talking about like all, of our, all the people we knew who die, have died of infections, like gone into the hospital for certain things and died of infections. And his theory is that, that they all took so many drugs that they were so hollowed out that by the time they got to their 40s and 50s, whatever, that they basically succumbed. But I will say, if you do get an infection... It's serious. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be sitting there going, no, it's okay. 
There's only so much pus coming out of it. I'm squeezing it. It's doing fine. It's it's pretty serious stuff. You should pay attention. We were actually to it. talking about the hospital still using leeches before, before like uh, yes. this, you know. But they before do. the podcast started, before that's podcast, what we were discussing yeah, yeah. at the bar. We, we, leeches we, and we hospitals. were actually discussing this, but actually they do. They use leeches for the same reason that this thing works. Exactly. It sucks on it. Yeah, and apparently it helps. Isn't that fucking fascinating? Like. Like that, now, I, like the thousands future, of years, they're like, um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we still need leeches. Take a jar out of the yeah, swamp. Right. right. No, it's amazing. And I learned, I learned all sorts of just ridiculous things about the healthcare system in this country because I was in the hospital for a while. And and the, the funniest, the two funny ones were both involved nurses who are absolutely the most amazing people in the world because. They, they just take so much crap. It's just unbelievable from everybody, no matter who it is. But I had this one nurse, and she was just like, she was this big, built woman with all these tattoos, and she was a thrill seeker. She wanted to go work in the Newark emergency room. And I said, why do you want to do that? She's like, are you kidding? Do you know how many gunshot wounds they have a night? <laughs> she wanted to look at this every minute. <laughs> She was like, God, I can see the structures in there. I can see the <laughs> tendons, man. It's cool. And I'm going, oh, my God. So I She's in charge of keeping you alive. Yeah, and she did a really good job. She actually yeah. did the best job I, I've seen. But then the other one was... Also, wait, that's the best uh, nurse in, in New Jersey. Yeah, New I'm Jersey. Okay, right, yes. Yes. Keep going, In yes. New Jersey, okay. right. I just want to make that, put that out there. But she also told me that... She also told me something really frightening as soon as I came back from surgery to remove all the pens and stuff. She, she said, oh, you don't realize how much they violated you downstairs while you were downstairs. And I said, what do you mean? She goes... And I really can't go into it, but it was a significant violation of certain orifices that I never thought would be violated in that manner. But the, the other one was the other day. I don't know if I, don't know if I need Wait. to. I don't think we can leave that open-ended. Yeah, like you can't well, move on from. Well, I came back upstairs, and they wanted to look at my urine. And I said, you haven't looked at my urine at all. Why do you want to look at it? She says, oh, it's real simple. They stuck a catheter up you while you were downstairs. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like downstairs for 20 minutes. She goes, well, if you're in there for 15 minutes, they'll violate you. She said, they probably did some other things, too. You want me to check you out? I said, no. Downstairs in the hospital no. or like the Down, basement? Like of the, the hospital. Basement. Like it's exactly. like the crazy, yeah, like the, and then the, the next, dungeon. The, the next one, which is much lighter, was that I, I, I went in to have the dress. I was at the other doctor to have the dressing changed. <laughs> and the woman's like peeling off. They're peeling off like the plastic that they use to secure this thing. And, you know, it, it tears the hair off, right? So it's tearing the hair, and I don't really care because it's been torn off so many times. And she looks at me, and she goes, she's a young woman. She goes, it's kind of like getting waxed, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I watch Sex in the City. I know. <laughs> like, what the, what the fuck was that? Was that an assumption she made? That was a, that was a pretty bold assumption. Yeah, she I mean, was... like, she's looking at me going, you know, waxing. You know, she meant that you were well manicured yes. when, she, when they were in the basement. I see. It's you. like ma- manscaping. Well, this was out of the basement. Oh. This was in a totally different setting. Oh, my God. So, you know, these people are underpaid and overworked, and I think there's some other things going yes, on. Yes, yes. Really Some people do. do it for free access to pills. Mm-hmm. I think that, that helps well, a lot. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. This brings us to a minor threat. Was it hot sauce or hot mustard? Oh, it was hot sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah. Now, th- this is one of the few licensing things that you guys kind of went, you all agreed, okay, this is cool, just keep this around. Well, actually, the, no. the truth of them, no, it wasn't so much that. It was that it had been going on for so long, we had, <laughs> hadn't even known about it. I mean, the, the, the thing that happens with, with Minor Threat, and it happens even more so, because we communicate a lot, but it happens more so with, with bands that don't communicate for whatever reasons, usually lawsuits. 
Um, but uh, but things will happen, and we'll only hear about them because somebody on sees it on the internet and emails. And usually, you know how it is. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, they're like, I just saw your logo on the back of a Boeing 747 flying, you know, over Ibiza. You know, I mean, it's like... It's all these crazy things, like you know. I really want to fly on that plane. And 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 so and so you sort of like you get one, and then you go, all right, whatever. And and then you get another, and it's a little bit different. And then you get fifty, and you kind of go, oh, okay, there's something going on here. But the truth of the matter is, is just chasing these things down is so ludicrously time-consuming and such a waste in the end, because what happens is. Corporations especially will simply infringe knowing that you're never going to sue them because you can't. I mean, they have legal departments which rival most law firms in New York. So they don't need – they're just it's, – it's just a cost of doing business for them. For you, it's like climbing Mount Everest. Right. So Basically, what they do is they, they use what they want to use. They get away with it. By the time you notice it, they're already moved on. Right. They desist when you ask them to right. desist and then yeah. – Right. And they move on. And the classic one was, um, was a, a surf company that did a whole thing called Minor Thread Board Shorts. And they like – they launched a new – it was Quicksilver. They launched a product line. They, they did double truck ads in all these magazines. It was this big deal. And by the time we knew what was happening, that was it. Right. Like, they'd already shipped everything. They'd already done their advertising. It was all spent. Because it it's seasonal. Yeah. So it was over. And so there was really no reason to even try to go after them because you can't even get a desist because it's already over. Right. Like, desist. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no problem. How's I mean, that Fugazi shirt feeling right now? Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> Just as embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> But you sent me an email of a picture. Was it was it a chess team? The the was like a, was it? A, oh yeah, yeah. There was an inner city chess team. Um, uh, young kids. I think they were what like eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in that range. It and, looks super and they, young. And they had like they had given them like they they'd ripped off the minor threat logo and everything. But it was clear to me that the the chess teacher might have known what this was, and the kids were just like, it's kind of like when I got a picture of like. Public enemy wearing Meyer Thread shirts. They were probably just sitting there going, what the fuck is this? Also, yeah. Where did I get this? Who put this on me? It's tough to sue an inner city chess team, yeah, too. So we, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we did draw the line. It was unanimous. It That's was good. unanimous at that. You, 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 unanimous is good. It's nice that you guys are, are, you know, keep that kind of agreement going. You all have to agree about it. Well, yeah. I mean, we're one of the, I would say, one of the few bands that actually has what I call the security council arrangement, which is that the permanent members, being the four of us, have veto power over everybody else. So everybody agrees or it doesn't happen. And it's led to some weird things. I mean, it's led to some... It's where you think, like, oh, they'll agree. And the next thing you know, like, oh, I'm not doing it. And they have some personal reason or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is it offers you the opportunity to, if you don't really agree, you can still sort of go along with it. You sort of test the water, see who comes in, see what they say. And if you, eh, well, I don't really agree, but we could do it, I guess. So it gives you that option. Sort of like, you know, in the United States and China kind of go like, hey, hey, man, come on, we'll split up the islands and and it'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah. You can build all our stuff and be a communist. But the other thing, if you don't do it that way, if you have four people in a band and you, 
do it democratically. The problem is you may run into two-two splits all the time. And then what do you do? Then it's then it's going it, to it's usually going to split down two-two or three-one worse, where you know the one person always is going to lose every single time. In which case Ian would lose every single time. <laughs> but, but if it went two-two, it'd be worse too because then it would be like Brian and Lyle want this, Jeff and Ian want that. We'd go back to 1983 all over again, <laughs> and it would just be the same thing. So it's better this way, where if. If somebody has a strong feeling, they'll weigh in. Otherwise, people just abstain, and that's it. You know, they just, it, it, gets, it happens. I think certain of us would like to go to parts of 1983 just to see a play. Well, yeah. We were pretty good in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> Although we always had this weird thing. People would say, like, they would, they, people would say they, they're terrible when they play in D.C. You've got to go see them on the road. <laughs> and I was always like, What? I mean, first of all, when we were on the road, aside from, like, Los Angeles or Chicago or even Boston, we were always playing in these, like, no, no offense, but it would be pretty much like this with no recognizable sound system. And we, in D.C., we'd play, like, the 930 Club, and it would be great, you know? And, and I never really understood why people would... But, you know, it's always the grass is greener, you know? you got, you got to drive a few miles if you really want to see a good show. <laughs> You know, and I always felt like that was just silly, but... So D.C. It was so D.C. <laughs> Get this. The show is amazing. <laughs> no, I... I, I we, the, the, but I think... I don't know if we talked about this before, but the one place where we... Where it just never worked was North Carolina. Yeah, and I love North Carolina. My, both my parents are from North Carolina. I used to vacation in North Carolina. I love it, but... We, we had this inside joke that went like this. Whenever anything would happen that was bad to the band, somebody would go, they're not so good. <laughs> and, and it was all based on the first show we did, which I think was in Raleigh, maybe. And I think we were playing with Corrosion and Conformity. And, wow. And so, and this was before they, you know, did the sort of the metal thing, yeah. and they kind of exploded. But so we go down there, and first of all, it's it's this nice place, but but there's nobody there, and 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 I'm saying to somebody, well, is this like, is this a turnout? They're like, oh, this is the only people who live here, you know. <laughs> that was that was you know that that was that was their attitude about it. So, you know, it's a normal setup. You go in, there's 15 bands playing before you. They're all going to play for about 10 minutes, and then you're going to play. Where were you? Cisco Radio. Where is it? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody kept a. Somebody kept a list of these things, but I don't remember. In fact, I, that's one of the greatest things because people come up to me all the time and they go, oh, yeah, I saw you in 1987 when you played in Stockholm. And I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> we broke up in 83 and never played Stockholm, but I never do that. I never do it because you can't do it because you'll end up in an argument. You'll say, no, we were never there. Yes, you were. I saw you. I was there. And I've had, it's been really weird because there have been people who've come up to me and said things that seemed impossible. And then all of a sudden, they describe it absolutely accurately. And, and I say, well, how old were you? Eleven. <laughs> all right. Yeah. My brother snuck me in. Anyway, so we were playing in North Carolina. And the, the first thing that happened was, I believe it was Corrosion and Performity. They go on their first song. They start playing one of our songs and making fun of it. And I'm thinking, like, this is the worst welcome I've ever gotten in my life. Like, I don't even know who these people are. We're already being made fun of. So 
We, so we played the show, and it seemed to go okay. I mean, in the end, it all worked out fine. Everybody became friends. But I think the first thing we heard as we came on stage was some guy go, they're not so good. <laughs> and it just became, anytime anything would go wrong, they're not so good. Yeah, but where the fuck is that guy, though? Yeah. yeah. See? Right? We'll find him. Where we'll the f- fuck is that guy? Uh, Lyle, thank you so much for joining us and bringing sure. your wound vacuum. Lyle Presser, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for letting me hold it. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Right now, we're going to get off the stage, and we're going to bring out uh, Jenny. You want to play something? We could be pirates to go somewhere private. I don't want to make a scene. I just want to leave.
ladies and gentlemen. I mean, she's just the greatest. Uh, real quick, thank you guys all for being here. Thank you for hanging out for the second Going Off Track Live podcast. Really appreciate you all coming. Um, I've just found out that we've done, how, is this our 60th episode? We're almost there. Almost to 60, so that's next week. Next week. So that's like, that's at least a year, right? Weeks, maybe, possibly. We're doing a lot of these. Listen to the podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us and hanging out. Uh, I'm going to shut the hell up and give you this gentleman here. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah! Let's see if this is any good. If I face my fears Boom, skies be all but clear Probably not Then again Always held my doubts Close to my heart And these frames Trap all my better days That they stay Frozen and unscathed
Thank you guys for hanging out. I want to thank Chris Gether for being here. Jenny Owen Youngs. Frankie Aero. Lyle Presslar. My going off track brothers in arms. Jonah Bear. Michael Kanjimi. Brad Worrell. Thank you very much for being here. We'll see you upstairs. Get the fuck out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.